Hello and welcome to Get Flushed, the sanitation podcast. My name's Pete. Over the past 20 weeks, I've used Get Flushed to talk about service intervals and cleaning regimes, toilet inspections and user feedback, strategy in terms of vision, mission and values, the industry response to COVID and the pressures that restroom operators and event organisers are now facing with the return of large-scale public events. I've really enjoyed producing this season, not least because I've interviewed some fantastic guests. I'd like to thank Angelique from Airvote, Roy from Texan Site Services, Carleen from the PSAI, Chelsea Wald, the author of Pipe Dreams, David and Tannis from JMR, and David from Portaclear, who all took part. I was hoping to bring you more interviews with other guests, including a few catch-ups with guests from season one. But as I said a few weeks ago, everyone in the industry has rushed off their feet, and it's been really difficult to find time to record with the guests that I'd planned to meet. I'll be taking a short break in July before I return with season three at the beginning of August. As I look back over the past two seasons, I'm a little bit taken aback that the catalogue has now reached 53 full episodes and seven trailers. Our audience figures have continued to grow, and this week the show was mentioned by UK journalist Fiona Sturgis in her regular podcast column in the Guardian newspaper. Honestly, I never imagined that Get Flushed would appeal to so many listeners or be so successful. And if you haven't listened to all of those 53 episodes, please check them out while I'm away, either through your favourite podcast app or on our homepage at getflushed.online. And if you're looking for some other podcasts to enjoy while Get Flushed is in recess, why not check out my other podcast, That Kiwi Caravan Show, which is also available on Podbean and all the other podcast apps. I'd like to bring this season to a close by answering a question that I've been asked several times over the past year. What's the best way to track the location of pump trucks, toilets and restroom trailers? Although I've mentioned location tracking a few times, I haven't really explored it in any real detail. Now GPS mapping and tracking for vehicles has been around for a long time. I think I bought my first GPS device for my car in the mid-1990s. For a while, the market was dominated by navigation specialists such as TomTom, Navman and Garmin. But nowadays, there are so many different providers that it's hard to know where to start. Most GPS tracking involves fitting a head unit and a transmitter in the vehicle. And in commercial vehicles like pump trucks, those can be wired into the vehicle systems to show whether the engine is running, when the doors are open or closed, or when the pump or power takeoff is turned on and off. And when the vehicle is moving, those devices show the speed, route and location, and they record exceptions such as speeding, harsh cornering and excessive braking. Units like that typically have a battery that provides power while the truck is parked up, but because they're plugged in or hardwired to the vehicle's electrical system, there's little danger that they'll run out of power if the vehicle is in regular use. And most of them can be used as an alarm. They'll send an alert in the event of an unauthorised break-in or if the vehicle moves. Depending on the platform used and possibly the head unit that's installed, these apps may also include additional functions such as instant messaging between the driver and the office. And that communication can be made even easier by using preset forms, for example, delivery complete or pickup made. For commercial users, tracking plans usually require a one-off installation fee followed by a monthly or annual subscription. And in my experience, they can provide a huge amount of data. The drawback or vulnerability is that drivers don't always know how the platforms or the head unit works. They learn basic functions like planning the route to their next stop, but they don't use anything more than that. Similarly, managers and back office staff don't always have the time, knowledge or skills to use the advanced features. They might look at the map page to see where the nearest driver is in the event of an emergency call, or if they need to let a client know how far away the truck might be. But that's often it, and that seems such a terrible waste. 
I'd also add that GPS devices occasionally need firmware or mapping updates, and that again can be an issue, especially if a company has a strict IT policy that prevents external devices being connected to the company's systems. Where GPS services really do add value is in the event of an accident. I know of one example of a rollover where a pump truck came off the road. The driver claimed he was travelling at less than 40 miles an hour, but closer inspection of the tracking log revealed that he was speeding and he'd recorded several exceptions for heavy braking and excessive cornering in the hour before the crash. If that system had been set to notify the office about those exception reports in real time, the manager could have called the driver, told him to calm down and perhaps prevented that accident. But I suspect that a lot of companies don't use that function because, one, they're not aware it exists, and two, managers would probably receive those warning reports all day long, and they'd get fed up and turn them off. Many tracking systems now incorporate video recording, forward and rear-facing, as well as in-cab, and those systems have really proven their worth. They shape driver behaviour and they provide an evidential record in the event of an accident or collision. I've reached out to a couple of the companies that provide those systems and I'm hoping to bring you more detailed insights in Season 3. If I turn my focus to the tracking systems that can be used in portable toilets and restroom trailers, I can think of three broad reasons why operators would want and need to monitor and record the location of their units. The first is in the event of theft. The second is to locate them for servicing. And the third is to confirm that units have been delivered or picked up. I'm sure that other people will think of other valid reasons, but these are the three that I'm most familiar with, and I'd like to use my experience to go into more detail about each of those in turn. Believe it or not, people steal portable toilets, and with current demand so high and supply so restricted, I wouldn't be surprised if we've seen an increase in theft of complete units over the past few months. It certainly happened during the aftermath of the Christchurch and Kaikoura earthquakes here in New Zealand. With the underground sewer lines ruptured, hundreds of portable toilets were brought into the region from all over New Zealand and Australia. Civil Defence, the government authority that takes charge during civil emergencies, requisitioned all the available units and they deployed them in high-profile locations for community use. As you can imagine, with one or two toilets serving 10, 20 or even more households in some streets, the lack of hygiene soon became a factor. Operators were absolutely rushed off their feet trying to service all those toilets and conditions got fairly grim. There were a few shenanigans as people struggled and fought to secure a unit for the exclusive use of their own household. Toilets were mysteriously moved overnight and some disappeared completely. Having a tracker in situations like that would have allowed the operators to find the units that went walkabout or AWOL, providing of course that the tracker wasn't found by the thief and disabled or removed. The second reason would be to help locate the units for service. That would be especially useful when portable toilets are mounted on trailers that can be moved from site to site by the hirer. Here in New Zealand, trailer-mounted toilets are commonly used in agriculture, by roading crews and by civil engineering teams working in remote locations. The ability to locate a unit by GPS and follow a route straight to it would save countless hours scouring forests, vineyards and backcountry roads looking for toilets that were here last week but could be anywhere today. The third reason is proof of delivery or removal at the beginning and the end of a job. That would be useful when clients question an invoice or the driver perhaps doesn't leave the unit in the right location. Sometimes drivers also forget to hand in paperwork at the end of the shift, so it provide a backup for the office. Of course, all of those three examples can be achieved by running good software that records each location and the time of each visit. But where operators are reluctant to adopt new software or they prefer to run paper-based records or spreadsheet solutions, 
What type of sensor or device can realistically and practicably be used in portable toilet cabins, on trailerized units or in high-end luxury bathroom trailers? I'll simplify my suggestions by separating those options into two categories, passive and active devices. A passive device is one that's not powered. It's not connected to the internet and it doesn't communicate with a satellite, base station or receiver. This category typically includes things like RFID tags, barcodes, QR codes or even simple numbered tags. The obvious question here is, if these things are passive, how can they possibly be used to track location? Well, the truth is, they can never tell you where a unit is now, but coupled with the right app on a device like a tablet or a mobile phone, makes it completely possible to record the time, date and location every time a driver attends that unit and scans the tag. Obviously, that's not helpful as a real-time tracker, but it is a cost-effective and reliable option. You see, passive tags are cheap. RFID tags can be bought in bulk for a few dollars each, and metal numbered tags can be found online for less than that. And they're less likely to be damaged or stolen than something that looks like a tracker, especially if they're fixed with a permanent fastener like a rivet. The downside, of course, is that you do need to use an app on your handheld device but I can't think of many companies or people these days that don't have access to at least one of those. Pretty much all the restroom software solutions like Service Core and Pro Software can be paired with different types of passive tags or ID numbers. And AirVote recently added a feature that records the location of the unit when the AirVote sticker is scanned by users. Similarly, the template that I use to inspect toilets on site automatically records the time, day and location every time it's used. That location can then be shared with other users who can use it to set a course that will guide them to the location by the most direct route. And even if you don't use any software, you can always record the location by dropping a pin on Google Maps on your phone. Get Flushed has become a recognised platform and we have listeners in over 62 countries. If you're a supplier, manufacturer or restroom operator and you'd like to advertise or commission a feature episode about your brand, please get in touch through info at getflush.online. Our rates are very reasonable, recording can be done remotely and the content tailored to suit your needs. That's info at getflushed.online. The opposite of a passive device is an active device that's capable of recording and transmitting its location in real time if it's done by satellite, it's known as a GPS or Global Positioning System. If it's done by mobile data, it's known as GSM, the Global System for Mobile Communications. Because they transmit and receive information, active devices need a power source for long-term use. That's usually provided by a battery, but they can also be connected to a solar panel or the house battery or wiring loom on trailers. Technology is moving at such a fast rate that there are bound to be many devices that I've not heard of or seen but the ones I've used in the past few years include different units by Mongoose and a few generic 3G and 4G senders that I bought online for less than $30 or $40 each. All I had to do with those was install a prepaid SIM card. Some of them had a battery that lasted a week or two, and those were ideal for use in luxury restrooms that we sent out for a weekend hire. Most had a magnet in the case that allowed us to attach them to a steel chassis before we locked them in place with cable ties and when we picked the unit up, we removed the sender and we recharged it ready for its next outing. Another one I bought came with a wiring loom that we fixed permanently to the trailer lights. Most GPS or GSM senders can be configured to send a text message if the unit is moved. That message typically includes the latitude and longitude and that can be shown visually through a companion app or Google Maps. 
Their location can also be requested on demand by calling the number of the SIM card from a mobile phone. The response to that is usually a text message and it's immediate and it's often accurate to within a few metres. Although I did buy one tracker that took up to 30 minutes to reply. That was a shame because the battery in that one lasted for a couple of weeks and could also be wired to the 12 volt system for long term use. It was great for showing recent locations but hopeless as an alarm against theft. While I've said that some of these units can be purchased for just a few dollars, others can be expensive. And a high cost can be hard to justify in plastic portable toilets that cost a few hundred dollars. On the other hand, it makes great sense to protect luxury restrooms that cost tens of thousands of dollars to replace. One thing I would say about this is that anything that isn't locked down, riveted or screwed in place is at grave danger of being removed by vandals or restroom users. I once fitted battery-powered LED lights into 20 restrooms that were set up inside a VIP area at a concert. The lights were held in place with double-sided tape and a cable tie, so we thought they'd be fairly secure. When we went to pack down the next morning, we found every light in the waste tank of the toilets. The batteries were missing and the cable ties had been cut. Another time, somebody stole all the air freshener sprays from the dispensers. Sadly, I've learnt that that type of behaviour is fairly common, so I would be concerned about mounting an active tracker in a prominent position. The best place would be out of view and hidden from reach. Of course, many restroom operators have managed perfectly well without any form of tracking for many years. But in a market where everyone uses pretty much the same gear, every small gain that improves efficiency, effectiveness and reliability will help to create a competitive advantage over other providers. And if you're not already using it, rest assured that your competitors are, and those early adopters are leaving everyone else further and further behind. When I started Get Flushed, a few people asked me whether there would be enough to talk about every week. As season two comes to a close, I honestly don't think we've done much more than scratch the surface. This industry is absolutely huge, and it's global. And whether we realise it or not, we're all involved. As Jack Sim said in my episode for World Toilet Day in November last year, everyone is an expert in sanitation. I've been working on the content for season three for some time, and I'm planning some great episodes that feature new products, manufacturers and suppliers. There are also a few other themes that we've only briefly touched on and some that we haven't mentioned at all. Luxury trailers, permanent restroom installations, vacuum pumps and waste tanks, alternative waste systems, signs and labels, trucks, trailers and chassis, in-cab video cameras and the finance and insurance options that determine our decision to lease or buy vehicles and plant. Of course, the show has always been about restroom operations and for next season, I've arranged interviews with companies in Africa, Europe, the Middle East and the US. I'm also planning a series of episodes that feature women in sanitation and I'm especially keen to hear from any female owners, operators, managers and drivers who'd like to appear on the show. I'll put a contact form in the notes for this episode, but feel free to message me on social media or email info at getflush.online. Please remember to subscribe or follow the show on your favourite podcast app so that you get the next episode delivered direct to your device. And remember to tell all your family and friends, colleagues, neighbours and strangers about Get Flushed and encourage them to listen in. And if you'd like early access to every episode and bonus material that's not available elsewhere, please visit our Patreon page. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash get flushed. That's it. Thank you for joining me for this season. I've been Pete and you've been listening to Get Flushed, the sanitation podcast. 